0: Hey, this is Megan Rapinoe, and I'm Sue Bird. We've decided to turn our crazy IG Live show into a podcast for your listening pleasure. Enjoy the show.
1: A A Touch More.
0: New episodes of A Touch More drop Tuesday only on the Blue Wire Podcast Network. Be sure to subscribe to the show on Spotify, Apple, or anywhere else you listen to podcasts. Mahomes has the time, delivers, perfectly downfield, touchdown, Patrick Mahomes. With a rope. this one, out, this time, going deep for Beckham Jr. He did. Hello, everyone, welcome back to Rotoviz Overtime on Rotoviz Radio, brought to you by BetOnline.ag and the FFPc. My name is Colin Kelly. You can follow me on Twitter at Martin, Joined as always by Sean Siegel, one of the co-owners at Rotoviz, and uh, always, as I always say, uh, delighted to have him as my co-host here on the podcast, Sean we're getting closer to the season some news breaking uh today that the teams around the new york area may be able to start looking about training camps and things like that so there is some positive developments happening around the world with uh you know the restrictions maybe uh, getting a bit uh, looser and things heading in the right direction so we may we may uh, really and truly be heading towards an actual uh, nfl season at this point which is always good when we spend our time talking about uh, nfl and fantasy football but how have things gone for you this week
1: Well, like you said, it's been very encouraging to see a few things going in the right direction and to have this weekend here to really think about all of those things, both in the the recent past, what's going on now, and uh, going back in time, being grateful for people who have served the country, remembering people in our own lives who are important, and then yeah, moving in the direction of a lot of, I think, exciting fantasy football developments and news, had the Good fortune to be in Curtis Patrick's Black Crown League and had a lot of fun Sunday night. We drafted uh, that rookie draft live on Zoom and so had a lot more of the, the NFL feel, especially this year's NFL draft feel, trying to uh, work out those trades live while on the clock. Obviously, that's uh, a little more difficult than having an eight-hour window to uh and toss things back and forth so that was a lot of fun just another example of some of the ways in which fantasy football is helping to bring us together and so i'm, I'm certainly excited here as we start to to move toward june and the summer and football itself will be right around the corner
0: yeah, exactly. And just uh, when you mentioned there about the draft, I'm always interested just in terms of uh, timers and clocks. So uh, I, I am a fan of the eight hour clock, obviously, when you're talking about uh, rookie drafts. And even if you're doing just uh, dynasty startups, if you're using something like the FFPC, having those eight hour clocks, sometimes having those 12 hour clocks and allowing those opportunities to you know make trades and things like that. But there, nothing quite beats that live draft experience, whether it's a redraft league or whether it's like you're doing uh, with a, a rookie uh, part off the the league, what was the clock, and how did that change the experience? Were you able to to get any trades in, or was it just get on the clock and and get the player picked?
1: Yeah, we had a we had a five minute clock in the first round, and three minute clock uh, for the second through fourth rounds, and there were a few trades, but it definitely was a little bit trickier. It was coming off of the startup that we did just a few weeks ago, and, and one of the fun quirks in that draft is that rookies were not in it but rookie draft slots were and so you could draft the slot instead of a veteran player if you wanted that I had picked 11 different rookie slots in between the first pick and 309 was my last pick and so I was on the clock a lot Uh, there was a lot of banter and and just fun back and forth I wasn't able to participate in that quite as much as I definitely needed to pay attention try and figure out what trades I might work out who I wanted to pick and then how that was potentially going to affect my next pick, which in most cases uh, was just two or three picks away. So uh, that's one of the reasons why I, I did that is because uh, if you pick a lot of rookie picks then you essentially get to participate twice. And, and I always say that, you know, you want to win and you should definitely uh, work to win through things we have on the site, things we talk about on the podcast. But the other main thing is that you should have fun and, that that was my goal through this. It was a blast. I'm glad I did it that way. And as we've talked about a lot, and we'll talk about some more on the show we're about to get to, uh, some of those rookie picks can have a lot of value, can have a lot of trade value. We're going to look at this show at just How many of those rookie picks hit, where some of the sleeper picks might come from, and really look at these last five rookie drafts to see what has happened. A lot of times it's easy to pick out just the highlights, just the things that you remember going your way, or in some unfortunate cases, things that really didn't go your way. And going back through, looking at all of the picks gives us a little bit uh, larger perspective, maybe helps us uh, pull out some key details that we might be forgetting so it'll be fun to discuss that in the show going back to the draft that we just did the black crown has a lot of similarities to these ffpc dynasty leagues Uh, when i give you the ffpc stat attacks i'm often giving the super flex uh, numbers just because you can then pull those qbs out if you want to uh, to get sort of your more classic dynasty numbers But looking at today's FFP stat attack, we're going to, again, focus on this great value for wide receivers. There were 15 wide receivers selected in the first two days of the 2020 NFL Draft. In current FFPC Superflex rookie drafts, those players range from 108 to 403. KJ Hamler, the number 46 overall pick in this year's draft, is currently the 307. So, you know, we talk a lot about First round picks in rookie drafts, a lot of value. Second round picks, maybe not as much. Third and fourth round picks, you know, there's certainly a lot of belief that those are mostly players who are not going to make your roster. Think about the fact that you can get the 46th overall player. And we discussed him a little bit on last week's show. One of the guys on our list of the 10 most undervalued players in all of Dynasty. Hamler, the 46th overall pick probably a blazing speed guy certainly had undervalued market share uh, production in college Uh, not in a great situation which is obviously one of the reasons why he falls to that point there's going to be a lot of competition for targets in denver but Hamler specifically all of those guys in general Uh, you can go through that second round of your rookie draft. And that was one of the things I tried to do uh, this past weekend and just hammer receiver, receiver, receiver. You're going to be getting players who in most cases would be late first round picks. And so uh, I think if you can move into that second round this year in rookie drafts, uh, it could pay off for many years to come
0: yeah and as sean mentioned with the ffpc stat attack it is with our partners over at the ffpc who are the home to the best fantasy football leagues and contests in the industry including dynasty Baseball and of course the world famous ffpc main event to learn more or to join a league head on over to my that's my and of course on the website we've got a handful of awesome tools designed by Rotoviz specifically for ffpc domination so be sure to check those out on the site as well sean we have kind of hinted at it but we're looking at your article that was up on the website over the last couple of days reselecting every rookie draft of the past five years and why going through this exercise might change the way you draft so looking through it sean jumping into five kind of rookie classes what were some of the the key things that that you took away from it
1: Well, one of the things that I think is kind of interesting is that, you know, we always talk about, okay, well, we'll be able to grade these drafts. We'll be able to look back and know several years down the line. And I was impressed by how difficult it can be to do these redrafts and still feel like you're getting it right. So the things that I emphasized were the point score, essentially the value for a player's original dynasty owners, the retention of trade value for those dynasty owners and then balancing that with current fantasy value in 2020 the expectation of future trade value as that player continues to age and then again a little bit with this positional value uh, these drafts were not super flex drafts so we're looking at quarterbacks probably not having quite the same value certainly going back through it and looking using our dynasty adp tool you see that quarterbacks are not being drafted in the first rounds originally is there a draft here that really stands out to you? One that you think is the most interesting? Certainly, if we start with 2015, we find that that draft may be the most straightforward, at least at the top. Todd Gurley, Amari Cooper, Melvin Gordon were the one, two, three at the time. They're still the one, two, three. But then after that, we get three players who are certainly Rotoviz favorites in Stefan Diggs and David Johnson. And then to a slightly lesser extent, but Matthew Friedman, uh, if you were following him, certainly our Rotoviz Radio flagship podcaster there and, and one of the original members of Rotoviz talked about Tyler Lockett a lot. He was number six. Those guys went 37th, 18th, and 23rd in their original rookie drafts. Move into the top of the first round today
0: yeah and what i would be looking at is we've talked about this enough we've probably talked it to death but we'll keep talking about it but if you go down through these uh kind of lists what really shows is even when you go into dynasty just the, the value again off the wide receivers kind of holding value over those running backs as the years go on um you know the names in there like a jay and their duke johnson who like value as you know not not a huge amount of value coming around nowadays david johnson's kind of dropped off uh, in terms of value as well while there is still some there but you know when you look at the wide receivers that are in those classes where you, whether you go to 2015 2016 and so on um the the one the one that really stands out i suppose from a, a value of where they would have been going as a rookie tyreek hill <laughs> uh going 67th so there's quite a jump there but outside of the rest of them a lot of them when you look through the names are wide receivers who would have been going in those first say two rounds and they have maintained that value throughout the process whereas the the running backs who would have been taken earlier as we've talked about numerous times have fallen off the one that stands out for me just in terms of excitement moving forward Uh, i think there's obviously a huge excitement we can talk about for this year's wide receiver class and we've talked about it and the players that might have an instant impact and then the long-term impacts but 2018 for what the wide receiver class has has shown there when you go down through the names like you know dj moore calvin ridley Uh, Sutton, DJ Chark, Christian Kirk uh, who we might talk about on one of the shows this week uh, and then Michael Gallup like there's a lot of talent coming through at the wide receiver position so should give us you know a lot of depth at the wide receiver position and exciting playmakers at the wide receiver position over the next you know three to four years but it does show just again how quickly that window does close um, on those running backs and again why I tend to prioritize uh, rookie picks on the wide receiver position over the, the the rest of the positions the other thing that pops up in it is when we look at some of the tight ends that um you know are on this list hunter henry probably one of the higher drafted picks that would have been on it but uh, george kittle who was going as a 56th pick in the and his rookie draft there's a lot of times where the the tight ends will come from those later rounds and then will take those years to develop. So just a a couple of things um, that stood out for me. Was there anything else specifically, Sean, um, that you find of interest?
1: Yeah, there, there are a lot of things going on here. I think one of the interesting notes is to contrast the 2016 draft and the 2017 draft in terms of just how much depth those two have. We look at 2016 and certainly at the very top, It's impressive, right? We have Ezekiel Elliott. I have him still holding the number one position over Michael Thomas, even though Thomas uh, this past year has uh, just slid barely ahead of him in terms of startup dynasty ADP. Beyond those guys, it starts to get a little bit less expensive or a little bit uh, less exciting we have jordan howard all the way up in the number six spot and again that's in part because we're looking at the value that a player delivered to his original owners and howard averaged over 200 points a season for those first three years and did so coming from a mid second round rapid he was the number 15th pick in rookie drafts, drafts that season Certainly, he's fallen a little bit now. We have the rest of that group, Hunter Henry, Kenyon Drake, Austin Hooper, Will Fuller, Prescott, and Wentz. And certainly, I don't think you would turn down those players. We contrast that, however, to the 2017 draft. Christian McCaffrey moves up from number three to number one. Alvin Kamara moves up from number 11 to number two. Dalvin Cook moves up from number five to number three. You mentioned Kittle, who moves all the way up from 56th, so only being drafted really in Some drafts all the way up to number four. Chris Godwin up from 22 to five. Juju Smith-Schuster up from 15 to six. Kenny Galladay up from 27 to seven. Aaron Jones up from 35 to eight. Patrick Mahomes up from 28 to nine. Austin Eckler drafted even below Kittle really wasn't a factor in rookie drafts that year. Sort of undrafted moves up to number 10. Joe Mixon falls from 4th to 11th, and Cooper Cup up from 24th to 12th. And so we have a lot of guys coming from outside the first round there to make this an, an absolutely loaded draft. And one of the things that we find there is that the number one and two players from that draft, Leonard Fournette and Corey Davis, don't come in this redraft. And while Davis has been a bust, certainly Leonard Fournette, uh, one of the top players in the fantasy football last year in terms of expected points now he underperformed that a little bit and so when you look at his efficiency and then you look at again the character concerns that seem to always bubble up with him uh he is now sort of in trouble again with the jaguars it looks like and sort of looking forward then his value again not quite as much think about some of the players who are not in this first round from 2017 and certainly i think individual people would argue that they should be Evan Ingram not a a huge performer so far because he's missed so many games but his slotting in in terms of of a per week basis when he's been available very high and certainly Ingram has a lot of trade value going forward Uh, someone people are, are certainly still building their teams around Kareem Hunt a player who had huge value over that first year and a half and actually had him up as high as number 10 before some of these guys like Kittle and Eckler uh, came from way outside that first group and pushed their way in. James Conner has had a massive RB1 season. Mike Williams, a player who still has a lot of value, maybe actually this season where he starts to move into that top wide receiver tier. We mentioned him last week as maybe one of the most undervalued players. And then Deshaun Watson, again, with the positional value there. But certainly when you're looking at Watson, you're looking at a player who has scored a lot of points in the past, projects to score a lot of points in the future may still be scoring points and most of the rest of these guys are no longer in the nfl what do you think about this crazy 2017 draft and uh, you know it's it's important not to just pick one draft pull it out and say okay well this is what things are going to be like but does this give you even more excitement though we might have another draft like this here going on right now in 2020
0: I think the interesting thing with that 2017 one as you kind of mentioned there is a lot of the guys who are now in those kind of top 12 spots have come from outside it like when we look at on a, on a whole so we had Christian McCaffrey uh, at number three Dalvin Cook at number five uh, and Joe Mixon at number four outside of that everybody is outside of the top 10 uh, you have Kamara at 11 but you're getting guys then like Mahomes as you mentioned there at number 28 Jones at number 35 Galdi 27 Godwin at 22 and it shows uh, Cooper Cup even at 24 as well so it'll, it shows then when we're having these drafts a bit like we're talking about the top end of this draft while there is obviously fantastically talented players that we're taking you know you mentioned having those picks you know back of the first round and um, into that Mid to late, even second round, where you can be picking up these guys. So you could be having your picks between sixteen and twenty, and sometimes people will be thinking that these really aren't going to turn into much. Now, on the grand scheme of things, there is going to be more hits than misses, uh, and or more misses than hits. Sorry, in that kind of region of uh, draft picking, but a draft like twenty seventeen shows that the possibility for those guys then come two three years down the line to be top tier talents and to be um, of substantial fantasy value moving forward uh, definitely is a, a possibility and sometimes having those teams that you can get those four or five second round picks in a rookie year you know particularly if you're drafting like that in 2017 there's a likelihood that you probably now at this point of one of the top teams in that particular league because of the the depth that was in that league but it also can you know be on the flip side when we look at some of the other leagues where it really was top heavy and those guys have maintained that volume like 2015 where we had one two three four five uh six, seven off the top twelve were drafted in the top twelve. So in a league like that, if you haven't those first round picks. So it can work both ways, but the the way that this one has turned out where we're kind of starting to look at those guys at the back of the first round and be very very excited about those guys in the early second to mid-second at the wide receiver position for example uh, i think that there's a possibility that this is going to be uh, a very very exciting year for those rookies and even looking at you know 2019 we hyped up that class throughout last season uh talking about guys like aj brown terry mclaurin and so on and uh you know it's just it's an exciting time with these young players starting to, to step up to the mark pretty quickly once they once they had had the field Before we get into the second half of the show, I want to let you know about our buddies over at Bet Online. There's no shortage of action going on with our exclusive betting partner. You can find them at betonline.ag. NASCAR is back, and Bet Online has hundreds of other games, events, and other sports to get in on the action. You can still bet on simulated NFL, NBA, and UFC events 24/7, or you can participate in the $10,000 Madden Bracket Challenge, a March Madness-style NFL simulation tournament. You can enter for free and live right now on bet online's youtube channel you can find an exclusive interview with ex-chicago bulls ron harper horace grant bill cartwright and craig hodges as they discuss the michael jordan documentary and what they're calling the final dance visit betonline.ag right now and use the promo code blue to receive your new welcome bonus and check out all the action BetOnline, your online wagering solution
1: you mentioned the Sort of hits and misses first rounders, second rounders. We have some specific numbers that we can pull out here from this exercise. So, 30 of the 60 first round picks were originally first rounders in their respective drafts, right? So, 50% of the players who I had in these first rounds were originally first rounders. Of the 30 first rounders who dropped out, so are no longer in the first round, eight of them were top five picks. And so we can see that even at the very top, there's still plenty of danger. Among the players who dropped out of the first round, 16 were running backs, 11 were wide receivers, 3 were tight ends. So we see a little bit what you were talking about there, where we have a few more running backs falling out. Of the replacements, 13 were wide receivers, 7 were running backs, 6 were tight ends, and 4 were QBs. So certainly, when you look at the pluses and minuses there, running back is at minus 9 net. And so running backs have been slightly overvalued of course we again want to look at at some of the specific scenarios and try and figure out if that means we should or shouldn't be going for them early we'll talk about that a little bit here in a second in terms of those guys moving into the draft 18 of the 30 replacements came from the second round 13 of the 18 second rounders were drafted in the first half of round two so we are seeing that these sort of top 18 picks in the drafts and again we're talking about classic draft so in super flex is going to be a little bit deeper but the picks are mostly coming from the top 18 even though we certainly are having some of those other big name guys also slide in and then i wanted to look a little bit about these guys who are coming from outside the first round see what their their traits or characteristics are of the 13 replacements at wide receiver 10 of those guys were big time producers in college of the seven running back replacements six were big time producers in college So one of the things we're we're still seeing here is we don't get a lot of that type of player where maybe they fall a little bit in the draft, or maybe there's someone like a Van Jefferson who uh, is drafted earlier than people are expecting. These guys who didn't dominate in college tend not to be the people who are coming up and becoming good picks or good sleeper picks in rookie drafts. And then of those 20 replacements combined running back and wide receiver 13 of them were plus athletes so we talk a lot about how especially in that first round range athleticism and again especially a wide receiver can be a little bit overvalued but when we're looking for some of these sleepers we're certainly seeing that it can help you know you have someone like a dj chark for example who is a freakish athlete it can help to be those plus athletes when we're looking at some of those players and that handful of people who were not producers in college, we do tend to see athletes there in Terry McLaurin, uh, Mikola Hardman, uh, Tyreek Hill, uh, Kenyon Drake, right? So some of those guys who maybe have the very top end athleticism and and did have a situation in college, whether it was, they were very young, they maybe had a character issue, perhaps they were buried behind uh, multiple elite players on their own team. So there are some some situations there we might look at. The other interesting thing I think and this kind of goes back to your original point about the running backs. So overall, it looks like running backs are a little bit overvalued. That fits with our research. That's not a big surprise. However, running backs did have the top spot overall in the redraft in 2015, 2016, 2017, 2018, and then in 2019 you and I have discussed we like AJ Brown there it's not just us he is ranked ahead of Miles Sanders and Josh Jacobs in our site rankings as well however Miles Sanders has the top ADP Uh, Jacobs right behind him there in terms of what the entire community thinks so certainly uh, it would be justified to have Sanders or Jacobs at number one at least at this point if we were redrafting those drafts running back sitting in that very top spot So Cullum, if you have the number one pick and certainly running backs are going at the very top this year, I think it would be a more interesting question perhaps if CeeDee Lamb or Jerry Judy had gone to a team where it looked like they were going to be the immediate number one. But running backs still really holding at that very top spot. And we've talked again how when we want to build our teams. We want to build them with an absolute star at running back and then nobody in that next range we want to build them often with a star who is coming out as a rookie perhaps if you still have those very top spots running backs are who you want to target
0: i think it is definitely you know when we're getting to the very very top end and you're getting those top tier guys you know like it's easy to say now but when saquon barkley came in in 2018 it was kind of obviously we're talking about this being like a mixed class where you could take you kind know, of your pick of the top three or four players at number one it was pretty much like saquon barkley was the way to go and we'll see that with a lot of them like you know ezekiel Elliott it was pretty like not not clear cut but you're going to have those options as him being the lead uh running back in those draft classes same with todd Gurley. so those guys are really out and above when we get to uh josh jacobs um last year was uh going in that spot you know it gets tricky at that point as to how much faith you have in somebody like Josh Jacobs. Um, But Miles Sanders is definitely, like if you were going there, but I think that there wasn't many people taking Miles Sanders last year at that number one spot. So it falls into that conversation now where you're going to have players in three, four years that we're looking at um you know uh, an edward Silaire or you know a similar situation with jonathan taylor and those roles could be flipped similar to what we're seeing here with jacobs and sanders um i i still personally would be going wide receiver but i i definitely get the the viewpoint of going with those running backs at the very very top end what i think when we look back through those previous kind of four years before 2019 i think what we're seeing is the guy that was going off the board as that very very top prospect at the running back position has come through and delivered whereas i'm not quite sure that we'll we'll see that on a continuous basis moving forward just want to highlight a piece just before we uh, finish up the show today. We're going to have a few minutes to run through um, some of Samuel Wallace's work. And Samuel has done tremendous work over the last couple of months um, since joining onto the road of his writing team. Um, this one in particular I want to highlight, talking about is this the next wide receiver, uh, or is this wide receiver poised to be the next Chris Godwin? So we know last year and previous years as well, the last kind of two years has been a lot of talk, Chris Godwin or Mike Evans. Uh, Clearly, then Godwin having a a very big uh, year in 2019 and looking through them. So, the player that he's talking about in this one is Christian Kirk. And, you know, we we went through the list of the drafts, and Christian Kirk is somebody, Sean, um, that myself and yourself, well, I certainly drafted a lot of. I know we talked a lot about him um, at that time coming out as a rookie. um, Has had some pretty big games in his career, but it has been a case that it's never really been consistent. Now, if we look through Christian Kirk's rookie season, you know, I mentioned big games for a rookie they were probably pretty uh good going at that time where he was finishing fringe wide receiver two or a wide receiver two most weeks now if we look through his entire career he's only had one week where he's hit that wide receiver one number uh, that was back in week 10 of last year where he had 37.8 points so when we look at last season uh had outside of that had four other wide receiver two finishes so there has been quite a, a high range of wide receiver two kind of around that on average uh, performances from him and his 25 games he's averaged 11.7 ppr points per game uh, the kind of correlation in this as well as the, the development of the quarterback uh, the changes around him so obviously Larry Fitzgerald's still gonna be there but we have a situation now where we have kind of one of the absolute superstars at the wide receiver position uh, coming into town in DeAndre Hopkins and possibly working off that Mike Evans, Chris Godwin dynamic where we have both of those options to, to really uh, take take the top off. So what's your thoughts on Christian Kirk? Are you still uh, excited? I know we've we've touched on him a number of different times, but not as much as we would have uh, in that rookie season. What's your thoughts on, on Kirk as we head into 2020? Could he take that big jump and and get ready um to be a big breakout uh, candidate in 2020
1: i think so now anytime you're talking about someone being the next such and such we're usually talking about a player <laughs> who had a monster season in the last year and so uh, the odds that anybody is going to have that big third year leap to the extent that godwin had which was just magical, is fairly low. But when we're looking at players who have similarities, uh, it was interesting because Blair and I were actually talking about this target topic. We're talking about Kirk as clearly the guy who would fit the pattern specifically that Godwin had established. And Kirk has actually been slightly more productive than Godwin had been for those first two seasons. We were talking about him a couple days later. uh, Sam came out with this article who made the case – brilliantly Uh, just a, a beautiful beautiful article here from him and we're looking at kirk you know being a very good college player having a solid rookie season taking the next step as a second year player kirk is certainly one of those guys who if he hadn't dealt with some injury issues and if he hadn't been in sort of a couple of offensive schemes that were turning over certainly the cardinals offense was bad in 2018 and then it was building something completely new you have the new head coach play caller you have the new uh, rookie quarterback who looks like he will be a star but 2019 also perhaps not the best environment to score points right away now for 2020 that looks like it could really change and so then your question is how does Kirk fit in with that one of the cool things you can do here and uh, Sam has done for us pull up the road of his screener uh, use the similarity feature and one of the things that he's found is that in terms of at this point in his career some of the best comps randall cobb brandon cooks amari cooper ty hilton i certainly think that you have to be excited when you hear those names right and again it doesn't mean that kirk is going to do exactly what they did but that's a good group to be in and then the other reason that i think uh sort of from a usage perspective from a role perspective that kirk is kind of interesting When we talk about uh, this situation, where could he be the next Chris Godwin? Well, as you mentioned, Godwin managed to really blow up uh, with a superstar wide receiver. I mean, Mike Evans scored a ton of points last year himself. Godwin managed to to emerge in an offense that had both of those guys. So when we look at the price for Kirk right now, this is another thing that, that Sam points out. He's falling in best ball. He's falling in dynasty. DeAndre Hopkins expected to be the guy there. I don't necessarily dislike that as much as some people do in terms of projecting what the volume is likely to be. I think that when we look at Kirk, when we look at where he is in his development, when we look at where Hopkins is in his development, and then also you look at this overall pie, Sam points out that uh, this Cardinals team, number three in seconds to snap, number one in no huddle percentage. A good possibility that that actually translates into uh, more plays and more snaps, uh, more plays and more points this next season. When you look at what Will Fuller has done in the handful of times he's actually been healthy, playing with DeAndre Hopkins, I don't think we necessarily have to be that concerned that Hopkins is going to keep Kirk from scoring. In fact, it may be the opposite, where he creates uh, some very impressive efficiency for him see I'm also pointing out that year two is the season where quarterbacks tend to make that big jump now that's not something people are uh, worried about with, with Kyler Murray people think that that is going to happen right so if you do believe that and most people do Kirk should be one of the main beneficiaries here and so I, I like him I like this offense And certainly at the prices that you're paying, you don't even have to have that Chris Godwin magical outcome for him to be a very valuable player and a very good value to the price when you're looking at 2020
0: yeah i agree very much so um and sean mentioned it is like the the articles put together really well all the stuff we were talking about there the you know the the detail in terms of the visuals very very easy to digest so head on over check out the rest of that up on the site uh sam also had a, a really good uh three deep sleepers article as well um out over the last uh, week or so so i think that's one that the listeners will enjoy and i think if you haven't uh, been following sam on twitter or haven't been following his work he's somebody to, to really get your eyes on because um, no doubt that the, the work has been uh, very very good and definitely worth checking out um, as always as well i suppose when you're checking out the site if you want you can save yourself a 10 percent off a rotoviz nfl pass uh, for a one-year subscription all you have to do is when you are checking out with that subscription to add in the code 2020 rv radio at checkout or by going to rotoviz.com forward slash podcast for further information and that'll get you 10 percent off your one-year pass and with that it's going to do it for today today's episode of the show is always give us a written on your favorite podcast player and um, we will be back later this week with another show looking forward to that that will be coming out on thursday on the the main or on the individual feed and friday on the main feed so do head on over check those out as well when they do drop and that's going to do it for me it's column kelly you can follow me on twitter at over to joined as always by sean siegel as always sean will have more great content coming out throughout the week make sure you're checking it out up on the site and until we're back later in the week have a good one Thank you for listening to Overtime on Rotoviz Radio. Please rate and review the Rotoviz Radio podcast on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. You can contact us via email at rotovisradio at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at Rotovis Radio. And remember, you can always support the pod by subscribing to Rotoviz at a 30% discount through the Rotovis Radio homepage, rotovis.com forward slash podcast.